Okay, I want to introduce our first um, speaker tonight, um, Kathleen Verna. Kathleen is, and her um, husband um, are pastors in the Boston area, and they have a great ministry there. And um, one of the things Kathleen does is called Pure Springs. It is a prophetic training and equipping ministry. So she equips people to walk in the gift of prophecy and in the gifts of the spirit. Um, so Kathleen, I'm going to hand it over to you and just let you go for it up until uh, 730 local time. Thanks. Thank you, Jonathan. Can everyone hear me okay? I hope so. Great. Awesome. Well, it's wonderful to be a part of this um, global prayer and the, in this season of Pentecost. I uh, thank you, Jonathan. It's been a privilege just to uh, know about all the initiatives and partake of some of them over the years, and many of them led by uh, Jonathan himself. Um, I want to speak to you tonight about spiritual outpouring and the spirit of prophecy. So I just want to pray for a few seconds, perhaps, and then get right into the teaching. So Lord, we just ask that you would continue to be in our midst. Lord, pour out your spirit as you have been uh, visiting with us these past several days in a very special way. We invite the Holy Spirit to lead in this time, to be the teacher, to be the guide, to minister to our hearts, to open up our spirits, to hear from you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Second Peter 1.21 says, For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Gordon Fee says in his book that the single most notable characteristic of the Spirit of God is his power. Functioning in the spirit of prophecy, we will find out, is to come under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you about spiritual outpourings and why prophecy is so needed in the midst of these outpourings, what we're crying out for, a move of God and a manifestation of, of, of his spirit more ever now than ever before, we need to see God move in the earth. And we cannot get away from the fact that prophecy is a key driver in the outpouring of God's spirit, the moving of the Holy Spirit in the earth. Uh, in prophetic movement, the leaders understand that the power of the Holy Spirit is a core dynamic working through spirit-bearing people. This is the power, this is the force that mobilizes leadership on every level. So we must not ever think to suppress the gift of prophecy, even though we may see ways in which it can be mishandled, but prophecy must be marshaled and channeled and released in such a way that the entire body of Christ can be activated and move forward as a new community of the spirit. Prophecy, Acts 2, 17 to 18, let's talk about that for a moment. 
that passage of scripture is all, all too familiar, especially in this time and season of Pentecost. In the last days, it says it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples were gathered in an upper room in Jerusalem, waiting for the coming of the spirit, just as Jesus had promised. So not much more detail had been provided to them about how and when the Holy Spirit would arrive. Yet they were steadfastly being obedient to Christ's command to wait in Jerusalem for the gift that the father had promised. Acts 1 tells us this. They only knew that they would receive power and would become his witnesses. Moreover, as their tarrying became seasoned with anticipation, the solidarity of the disciples and their singleness of purpose became even more heightened and intensified. It brought them to the exact moment of readiness and I wish I could t say to you, t turn to your neighbor and say readiness. So if it's a chair that's next to you or, you know, whatever, a table, turn to your table and say readiness. Amen. Bible says even the rocks and the stones will cry out. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so they came to the exact moment of readiness for the promised spirit's entrance. It was in this electrifying atmosphere of unity and devotion to God, the Holy Spirit descended and moved upon these early disciples. They were filled with tongues set on fire and began to speak in other language. The languages, the noise like a violent wind and the uproar of the spirited speech was heard throughout, drawing a crowd to them. And that it was at this time that Peter rose up to address the awestruck crowd and brought forth a powerful prophecy. And he, he quoted the prophet Joel in his prophetic declaration. He says, this is what's happening in this time, that I am pouring out my spirit. These, these men, these people gathered are not drunk as you're thinking, because it's really early in the day, but there is an outpouring of the spirit that produces something upon us that looks like drunkenness, but it is being overpowered and filled with the Holy Ghost. In the last days. Now there are features of the prophetic outpouring, the spiritual outpouring that we see right there in Peter's prophetic utterance that he quotes from Joel. He says that I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. There are six things, by the way. I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. You will have visions and dreams. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. He says they will prophesy. Both men and women will prophesy. That's the third thing. And it's going to happen on all flesh. And then he goes on to say 
that there will be supernatural signs and wonders. And then finally, he says, that there will be salvation. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mass conversion and salvations happen when the Spirit is poured out. So we understand that once this happens, when we experience an overflow of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, the Lord puts his spirit in us. We begin to see a proliferation of visions and dreams. And then people begin to speak prophetically like never before. And it happens. It's not, you know, you have to know God is no, this Holy Spirit is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. We thank God that he chose a particular group of people to bring his promised Messiah through. But God says, it's for all. This promise is for you and for all who will believe. I will pour it out in all flesh. And then supernatural signs and wonders and salvations. Don't you want to see that happen? That's what we've been praying for. We want to see this not just in small drops, but we are anticipating that God is able to do this in a mighty way in the last days. And see, we need to understand this language, eschatological language of in the last days. That God speaks to us and Christ spoke to his disciples and, and the apostles wrote in their epistles uh, quite a lot about the last days. They often talked about it as the day of the Lord, or they talked about it as, you know, a time where there would be birth pangs and, and the end would come. See, we believe that there is a climax to all of this. Any Christ follower ought to understand that we're moving in history towards something powerful and the return of our Lord at that expectation is part of what we believe. And so we believe that there's such a thing called the last days, the last days. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Awesome. So this is what happened, began in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. P Peter prophetically pronounced that this was a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. It was on that day the church of our Lord was birthed and mobilized into action. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, awakened to declare that the promised spirit had come with power to transform these followers of Christ into men and women who would do what? Turn their world upside down. Ha, huh, that always gets me excited. Every believer, every Christ follower needs this kind of spiritual outpouring to turn our world upside down. Because, you know, when you look through the passages of scripture in the New Testament, after this event happened, you see the disciples turned apostles saying, hey, you know, going into places in Acts 8 and other portions of scripture and saying, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Because the apostles in the early church understood that every Christ follower needed the power of the Holy Spirit. They needed salvation, absolutely, but they needed the power of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual outpouring. Hallelujah. And Joel prophesied it, and that's what we believe. Prophets and spiritual outpouring go hand in hand. Prophecy and the prophetic spirit and the outbreak of the move of God is part and parcel connected to each other. 
because prophets are people that the Holy Spirit is moving upon. Numbers 11, 25. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. Even in the old covenant, even if from the Old Testament perspective, there was a connection between the Spirit coming to dwell on people and heavily resting on uh, uh, individuals and prophecy coming forth. The presence of the Holy Spirit, however, does not automatically release prophecy. It is when the Spirit moves upon or is drawn upon the heart or climate that is prophetically ready or prophetically pregnant. In other words, it's in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that a prophetic release would begin to flow. Hosea 9.7, we're still looking at that Old Testament. He said the prophets are spirit-bearing people because the prophets of Israel were spirit-bearers. Prophets uh, not only were vessels filled with the spirit, but they were bearers of or special people called to give birth to the message of God. The spirit of the Lord moved upon and through them in ways that often made others perceive them as strange and mad. Crazy. <laughs> I know, I know, a lot of you are too sophisticated to want to be called a crazy person. But sometimes when the Spirit of the Lord moves upon us, we do things that are out of our own character, outside of our own character, because the Spirit deems it so and desires it so. It doesn't mean that you are out of control, because we also know the teaching in Scripture that says the Spirit of the prophet is what? subject to the prophet. So we have control, but there are times when the Lord moves upon us by his spirit that he takes over our being in such a way that we cannot contain the power that's moving in us. Don't let the world tell you you're crazy. Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit is moving. That's the kind of thing that we, we knew. Moses understood this too. He knew that being a spirit bearer demanded sacrifice but understood that the rewards greatly outweighed the costs and that we ought to encourage people. He says, would to God that all God's people would prophesy and God would put his spirit in them. Prophesy and spirit, again, hand in hand, coming together. Prophetic people access and operate in that supernatural realm. And so they live upon this earth, but they're always acutely aware of the invisible powers at work. Can I just tell you that we need more spiritual, spirit-filled people who can discern the spiritual condition of our society and understand the direction of the Holy Spirit, who live in tandem with the Holy Spirit, who keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And so that what's happening in the earth doesn't come by a surprise to prophetically connected people, but they begin to understand by the Holy Spirit what's taking place in the fabric of our culture. And so we don't have to feel like we get lost or locked into a particular ideology of persuasion or political party or a philosophy, but we stand in a place where we hear from God and we can speak the mandates of heaven. We can speak what the heaven is speaking, not just what our culture of preference is saying. 
Come on, somebody. I wish somebody would shout hallelujah with me here. I know I'm teaching, but I'm getting a little excited. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Hallelujah. A second one. I think that was Marina. Amen. Hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah, everybody. So the cry <laughs> for God. revival is a calling out for the spirit of prophecy. If you've been praying for revival, if you've been praying for a move of God, reformation in the earth, however, what language you want to use, if you're crying out for that, you are simultaneously calling out for the spirit of prophecy to be released. Amen. One thing connects to the other. They go hand in hand. You are you're crying out for all God's people to prophesy. And that's a desperate cry for God to release and outpouring of his spirit upon all all his people. I know my time is coming close. The release of the prophetic is a release of the Spirit's fullness to come upon the earth, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. More than ever, this is what we should earnestly seek in our prayers, in our calling out, in our fastings, that the Spirit's fullness would come upon the earth. How do I know it's the Spirit's fullness? Because it says in Scripture that Jesus had the Spirit without measure. And that when Jesus came to this earth to fulfill his mission, he came with the fullness of the Godhead operating within him. Oh, come on, somebody. He followed the Jewish prophetic tradition even as he led people into the fulfillment of long-awaited prophecies. Jesus continued the work of the prophet Moses by using the Torah to disclose the will of God and to proclaim his justice. Herzog speaks about that in his writings. Yet Jesus does more than Moses. He came in the power of the Spirit. Didn't he say that as his inaugural speech? That the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me, hallelujah, to preach, hallelujah, the good news. He came in the power of the Spirit, bringing his own and distinctive message with signs and wonders following. Jesus is our supreme example, not only for prophetic ministry, but for every aspect of our ministries and our movement in the earth. Jesus is the only person who ministered in full capacity of the offices, of, of the office of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So he embodied the truth, and he spoke only God's words. Hallelujah. It says, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the spirit by measure, John 3, 34. If you have been sent in the... Uh, pattern and the examples and the and ministry of Christ, then you ought to be speaking the words of God. And you understand that you ought to be walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so God is not giving us, hallelujah, just a measure, but he is making available to us the immeasurable gift that would allow for us to stir up the prophetic and stir up revival and create change in our world. Prophets are spirit-bearing people that awaken spiritual outpourings. The Greek word pletho, P-L-E-T-H-O, is used for describing the filling of anything from a sponge to a boat. 
Luke uses this common term to describe how the Holy Spirit influences a person. He uses the expression filled with the Holy Spirit eight times in his writings. In every case, the filling of the Holy Spirit enables the person so endowed to speak or prophetically preach for God. Thus, the filling of the Spirit is directly related to prophetic ministry. And we ought to expect that in this outpouring of God that we're crying out for, that there will be divine speech that is being released, powerful words that declare the truth and the revelation of God. Hallelujah. Not just to believers, but in the earth. Prophets must be full of the power of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. For without the Holy Spirit, a prophet cannot function and will be just a a babbling voice. We've got a lot of babbling voices that we hear on social media and on all kinds of media these days. Everybody wants to have a, bo a voice. Uh, there's a common term in the states, especially among the young urban community, that speak your truth. Hallelujah. I like to tell people <laughs> that there is no my truth. There is only one truth, the way, the truth, and the life. That's Jesus Christ. And so there are a lot of voices in the earth, babbling voices. And without the Holy Spirit at work inside of us, we will be carried away by every ideology, every wind of doctrine, every speech that is, sounds good, every kind of language that seems to have something uh, attached to it. But we need to listen and discern the mind of the Spirit and receive the power of the Holy Spirit spirit that we might be indeed a voice for God, the kingdom of God flowing out of us and revealing the truth of God. The scriptures are clear that prophets must have the spirit of God upon them. Hallelujah. Are you a candidate to release spiritual, spiritual outpourings and to be one who would allow the move of God to happen in the earth? Well, I believe that this gathering of Pentecost is a perfect moment, a pivotal moment. I like to call it a mash bar moment, a moment of birth where we can again come to God and say, God, hallelujah, our storage is empty. Hallelujah. We've experienced you before. Then Habakkuk says, Lord, I've heard of your deeds. I stand in awe of your great works, Lord. But he says, even now, renew them in my time, in my day, make it known. And so you have had some great experiences in God in times past, in the former days. Hallelujah. But this is that, as Peter said, that was spoken by the prophet Joel, that was not to be a one-time event, but that it would continue, and it would continue to rise, even as we move towards the day of the Lord and the coming of our Savior. That there ought to be greater power, more release that happens through God's people. I believe that we can experience this in filling and this outpouring even tonight. Hallelujah. Even through our prayers, that our prayers become a place like the upper room. We create an upper room experience 
as we gather here. Zoom room becomes the upper room. Hallelujah. And we allow the Holy Spirit to move and to minister to our hearts. And we become one in the Spirit, in one accord. Whatever country you're from, whatever state you're from, wherever you are on the globe, in the map, wherever you are, we become one in the Spirit. And God can move mightily upon us and allow spiritual release to happen. So many of us need a fresh breakthrough. We can't go into this next season. Hallelujah. I believe we're being shifted into a new season, even as many of us have been on uh, lockdown with the pandemic and have experienced the last year and a half as a, a year that's been like none other. But we're about to shift into a new season in the spirit and we have to be ready. We can't go in on E. We can't be empty, uh, hallelujah, and just going in on fumes. But if we are empty, we need to be refilled. We need a filling from the Lord, a fresh anointing. We need new wine in our wineskins, hallelujah, to be poured out. And so I believe that we can begin to direct our prayers and open our hearts to the Lord even right now. Can we take a couple of minutes, Jonathan, just to, just to speak in our heavenly prayer language? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, we declare today that we are your people standing and positioning ourselves to receive a new outpouring of your spirit. Do a work in us like never before, God. Hallelujah. Lord, on each vessel, Lord, let there be tongues of fire, Lord, that rest upon us. And God, we are even believing that in this moment that divine assignments are being released, Lord. Uh, specific assignments about what you're calling us to do and to be with the courage and the boldness to go forth uh, into all the regions and parts of this earth, all sectors of society. And God, impact the world with the power of the Holy Spirit. Raise up the prophets. Raise up the sons and the daughters. Raise up the old and the young. Raise up every generation, every tribe, every ethnicity. Raise us up, Lord, like never before. Hallelujah. And God, we come against the divisions that seek, Lord, to, to block and to stymie the work of God. And we speak a release and a unifying in the spirit like never before. God, that we are able to accomplish the divine mandate upon our lives. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.